In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We, we spend a lot of time in life waiting and expecting, asking, and expecting God is going to show up and answer the requests that we make to Him. And when God shows up, sometimes we are completely caught off guard. And today's gospel is... One of those accounts when Zechariah uh, has a, a snapshot of a moment captured when God finally shows up for him. He's been praying for years, a specific request, and when God finally does come through, Zechariah is completely caught off guard. He's so caught off guard that the angel says to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. He's been expecting and waiting on God to answer his request. And when God finally shows up to answer his request, he looks terrified and he doesn't know like what in the world is going on. Maybe for Zechariah it seemed too late. And maybe his seemingly barren wife, Elizabeth, there was no hope for him and for her. They longed and prayed and begged for years But now, hope was dead. But something kept itching at him, and he kept praying. Even if it was a really quiet, silent prayer that was in the back of his head or in his heart somewhere. Now, Zechariah that day was serving his shift in the temple, and his number came up for a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He was going to be offering incense Before the Lord of hosts, he was going to be standing right outside of the Holy of Holies, offering his priestly duty. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, perhaps from the midst of the smoke, this angel comes forth and draws near to him. And the angel announces to him, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son and you shall call his name John. Zacharias heard this and he felt maybe this can't be true. He waited for too long and he could no longer believe that his prayer would be answered. And so Zacharias responds, how shall I know this? I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. I appreciate how Zechariah calls his, himself an old man. But he doesn't call his wife old. She just, you know, gently says that she's old, but he says that she's well advanced in years, right? In other words, he's saying like, this can't be possible. It's too late for this prayer to be answered. We all want good things to happen in our lives, but too often we want it now, not later. We want it on our timeline, not on someone else's timeline. We ask, we pray, We wait. And when it doesn't happen, we may be tempted to ask God, when God, when is this going to happen? When are you going to answer my requests? I'm tired. Just answer. Get to it already. After all, none of us would ever show up late to God. None of us would ever show up late to church, of course, right? No one would ever show up late, not just to church, but they would never delay going to God 
in prayer. I promise you I'm not going to shame people for walking in late this morning. But after all, you know what? It's God anyway. Like, of course, we might be late, but we're just humans. God is God after all. So how could God show up late, even if we do at times? The tendency to ask and expect an immediate response, I believe, is something that can cause harm to our Christian walk. Most of us need to grow in the area of trusting God instead of obsessing over the win question. When are you going to do this for me? When am I going to finally get that promotion? When am I finally going to make it in life? Is now the right time for me to be in a relationship? When will healing come into my life or the life of my loved one? And so when God finally shows up, we may be so caught off guard that it just doesn't add up for us. We just can't get it. How can we know this? It's too late in life. And part of the reason it appears that God's not showing up is not that he's not showing up. It's that when you ask first that you want it now, he may simply be saying, not now. Now is not the time for this. He may not be saying no. He might be saying, just wait a bit until the opportune time. Sometimes God is saying no to that relationship now because he's saying yes to another one down the road. Sometimes he says no to the physical healing of a loved one, as difficult as this may seem for us, because he's saying yes to their entrance into heaven. Sometimes he's saying no to the job because he wants you to learn to trust in him today as you enter a place of vulnerability. Sometimes he says no about a group of friends because he wants you to learn to trust and rest in him and find your joy in Jesus Christ. Sometimes it seems that God's saying no because our sense of timing is off. Because our ways are not his ways. And so in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. His ways and his thoughts and his timing is always just right. You see, no matter how well we see, we're reminded that as long as we're on this planet, it's as if we're looking into a mirror and seeing dimly. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12 tells us that we only see in part. We only see dimly. We only see a portion of the full picture. And so with our questions about when things will happen, we need to learn to acknowledge that God's timing is always best. God exists outside of time. He's not limited by the scope of time as we know it or as we see it. His understanding surpasses our very finite comprehension and our very limited view of the world that we exist in. That was the message the archangel was giving Zechariah that day. He told him, I am Gabriel, 
who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Their own time. The word keros is the Greek word for that type of time, their own time, that Gabriel was describing to Zechariah. He didn't use the word chronos, which is simply the passing of events. He used the word keros in their own time, to let him know that they would happen in the opportune time or season that is when God reveals purpose. It's those moments of keros that provides meaning to the remaining part and events of our life. Without keros, what happens in our lives, y'all, is that time seems to flow without meaning and nothing that happens within it seems to have any purpose at all. Without Keros, your job, your marriage, your relationships, your friendships, your wedding, even your service to God, without Keros, oftentimes feels meaningless and empty. Sometimes that's why we beg and we plea for a specific thing, asking God, please give me this. This is finally going to satisfy me. This is going to bring purpose into my life. And what God is telling us is short of keros, that opportune time where there's a divine encounter, all those other things will continue to remain meaningless and without purpose. That's why St. Clement of Alexandria tells us, wait on God, trust in him, and only then afterwards will you know his ways and find purpose and meaning. In the alternative prayer of the reconciliation that which we'll pray today, we pray and we say, that which you have hidden from the wise and knowledgeable, you have revealed to us little children. How perfect God's timing is. How wonderfully we understand when we wait patiently with a childlike trust in Him and experience those moments of keros in our lives. We don't always get it, but His timing is perfect. A few months ago, Moore and I, we were speaking at a, uh, a couple's meeting, and this woman came up to me before the meeting started, and she said, can I borrow you for just a few minutes? I said, sure. She said about seven, eight years ago, I think it was, she said, um, you were speaking at an ECCYC retreat, and I was there, and uh, I was in high school at the time. And I told you that I was, must have been longer, maybe 10 years. Anyway, I was in high school at the time, and I think I was in, I think she said 10th grade. I'm very good with details, as you can see. And uh, anyway, she says, you know, I told you, I sat with you after this, this lecture you gave, and, and I told you I was in a relationship. And you told me the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And she said, I felt so convicted to go home and to end that relationship. And she said, it took me about two to three weeks and several tries, but eventually I ended that relationship because I was convicted the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And so I was like, oh, that's 
wonderful, I think. She goes, no, 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 that's not where the story ends. And I'm like, okay. Like, so she goes, about seven, eight years later, um, we started talking again. And she said, about two, three years ago, we got married. And she said, I'm pregnant with, I think she said her first or her second now, right? And she looked at me, she goes, that is the perfect example of the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Sometimes we think our sense of timing is perfect and that we know and we get impulsive and we cling to what it is that we want. Sometimes what happens as a result is we allow time to pass without any sense of purpose. For some of us, it's a relationship. For others, it's a job or the pursuit of purpose. Seeking meaning in seemingly good things, but outside of those moments of keros when we encounter God. We'll always leave a feeling of the right thing at the wrong time. It'll always leave a feeling of emptiness and meaninglessness. If we're missing joy and peace, it's because either we're not trusting God or we're just letting time pass rather than allowing the opportune time and those opportune moments when God visits us to give meaning to the events of our life. Psalm 101 verse 16 says, The set time has come. The Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in glory. See, the set time is not some moment way off in the distant future. The set time has come because God himself has come. That's what this entire season of Advent is about, is that Kairos and Kronos, the opportune time of God bringing purpose and our passing of events have collapsed on one another in the incarnation. That divine and human realities have united in the person of Jesus Christ. How do we allow that keros, that divine encounter and moment, to transform our sense of time? St. Augustine tells us that we are to entrust the past to God's mercy, the present to God's love, and the future to God's providence. We are to trust, and that's probably the area that most of us have the most trouble with. Yes, many of us, we struggle with the past and memories and things that we've done and regrets. And that's why Augustine says, trust that to God's mercy. Trust the present to God's love. Know that he is with you, that he's embracing you. But if you have struggle with controlling the future, trust in God's providence. Trust that God cares for your life. And God's timing is perfect. It's always better than ours. How do we get to that place though? How do we get to that place of trusting and letting go? See, even though Zechariah did not believe the promise of God, Gabriel tells him that those promises would be fulfilled in their own time. Until then, Zechariah would be unable to speak. Now, maybe we understand that period of nine months, as a, that's a pretty serious time of silence, right? I can imagine some of us not being able to make it more than nine minutes, let alone nine months of silence. But Zechariah was left for nine months to ponder and to reflect and to think in silence, to pray, to encounter 
God in that keros, in those moments of stillness. Maybe some sort of silence before the Lord is exactly what each of us needs. Our world is filled with a lot of words, a lot of noise, a lot of talk, a lot of chaos. And so sometimes we need to be prepared to dedicate time each day to stillness and silence before God. So that finally, the keros of God, those opportune moments when we encounter Him, can truly give purpose and meaning and direction to our chronos, our passing of events. That they wouldn't be empty and meaningless, but that they would find purpose in the true God. Before we continue with liturgy, I want to remind you that the Archangel of the Lord is here announcing to us, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. See, the Lord is present with us, and Gabriel is announcing to us that he's present amongst us. And his presence here is not one of condemnation, but it's an announcement of glad tidings, of good peace, that he is here offering himself to us. It's our responsibility this morning to ensure that Our time here this morning is not just a passing event, but that it would become one of those opportune times. Because you choose to stand in the awe, in the presence of God, who is now in our midst this morning. All glory be to his name forever. Amen.